the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, July the 22nd, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on July 22nd, 1862, President Abraham Lincoln presented to his cabinet a preliminary draft of the Emancipation Proclamation. Today in 1587, an English colony fated to vanish under mysterious circumstances. It was established on Roanoke Island, just off the coast of North Carolina. Today in 1934, bank robber John Dillinger, he was shot to death by federal agents outside Chicago's Biograph Theater. Today in 1937, the U.S. Senate rejected President Franklin D. Roosevelt's proposal to add more justices to the Supreme Court. I'm wondering if that would happen today as Joe Biden moves toward stacking the court or packing the court, as they say. Today, in 1942, the Nazis began transporting Jews from the Warsaw Ghetto to the concentration camps. And today, in 1942, gasoline rationing involving the use of coupons began along the Atlantic seaboard. Today, in 1991, police in Milwaukee, they arrested Jeffrey Dahmer. Remember him? He later confessed to murdering 17 men and boys. They put him in prison. One of his fellow prison mates beat him to death in prison. Ten years ago today, President Barack Obama formally signed off on ending the ban on gays serving openly in the military. Five years ago today, Democrat Hillary Clinton told supporters in a text message that she had chosen Virginia Senator Tim Kaine as her vice presidential running mate. And one year ago today, the mayor of Portland, Oregon, Ted Wheeler, he was among those that were tear-gassed. He appeared outside of a federal courthouse building during the protest. He came out and he got a hold of a microphone and he was trying to tell the, the rioters, I'm with you. I support you. They were Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and they were burning and looting, and as they did all year long in many cities across the nation. But he was trying to tell them that he identified with them, and they booed him and shouted him down, and he got tear gassed, and his his security force had to help him out through one of the burning buildings or whatever and get him out of there. How pathetic is that? That is kind of reflective of what leftist leadership looks like. It's pathetic. I mean, it is without any real firm direction. They're just blown by the wind. They're unstable. James talked about double-minded man being unstable in all of his ways. That is so true. And it's so, you see that so clearly in people who embrace the leftist or the so-called progressive, evolving worldview. They are without a rudder. They're like a ship just bobbing around on the waves of the ocean. I mean, there's no, 
there's no real guiding light in their whole life experience except for the fact that they just run on impulse, I guess. I don't know what really drives them. I don't really know what's in their minds except just personal ambition, I suppose. But it's so sad when these people have political power that's been given to them by the people because they can make mischief for our nation, for our cities, for our communities, our neighborhoods. It's sad, but one year ago today, Ted Wheeler thought it would be a good thing if he could identify with the people who were burning his city. They booed him and chased him away. They didn't want any part of him. And he's supposed to be one of them. It's really sad. There's a ratings is out today on television and radio programs. Far left NBC's Today Show posted its lowest ratings in 30 years. Lowest in 30 years. NBC's Today Show. President Biden there's a note out today in the news that President Biden has wasted a little over $2 billion that had been set aside for border wall funds. The funds were supposed to stay there and not be used on his, I think it was his first day in office, I'm not sure, but if, if not the first day soon after, he stopped construction on the border wall across our southern border that President Trump had started and the part that it that was built is functioning very, very well by all accounts. Well, anyway, President Biden stopped that immediately. And um, there were contracts with the contractors who were building it. So the, the commitments that had been made, and it was going marvelously at the time, um, had to be kept. So the $2 billion has been paid to contractors who have done nothing because Joe Biden stopped them. I think that's kind of an example of, again, the left, the way they run government, and they, the way they manage federal money, which in reality is your money and my money. You know that check we send to the federal government every year? That's how they spend it too often. U.S. women's soccer team ceremoniously took a knee yesterday for BLM. They were in a in the world playoffs or something. They were playing Sweden in soccer, and um, they all got down on their knee, made a big deal out of it during the national anthem, you know, and their fist up in the air for BLM. They were supposed to beat Sweden easily. They went out there after their demonstration on behalf of Black Lives Matter and lost three to nothing or three to nil, I guess they say, is in soccer. I don't follow soccer very well. I don't understand all of it. I don't really care about it. I like more traditional American sports, <clears throat> excuse me, but I watch baseball and I used to watch basketball, not so much anymore, kind of like football. I've lost the edge, honestly, for sports because of the activism among so many of the athletes, including some of our own beloved Seahawks. I mean, it's just it just gets wearisome after a while. But nonetheless, soccer is not the top of my list. Just I know it is for the younger generation, but now that I'm over 40, I'm not watching that much soccer 
anymore. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. God is almighty God, the beginning and the end. And he's going to be with you wherever you go. That wasn't just for Joshua. It was for all of us who serve the Lord and follow him daily in our lives and serve him. God is not only everywhere all the time, but he's in charge of all of the events that are taking place in our world. And God is in charge of the events in your life, whatever they may be. I know sometimes we say, God, why is this happening? Why am I going through this? Oftentimes we can't answer that. We don't know the answer at the moment. Often we see the answer play out in our lives after the fact. But one thing is certain, no matter what you're facing today, we're going to talk about things that are going on in the culture. But whatever you may be facing in your own personal life, God is in control. And he is all-knowing and all-powerful. That's the truth. So stand on that truth because that's God's truth. And you will not find yourself being blown around by the winds and the waves of the unstable people who do not know God and do not have an anchor that holds in the storm. Speaker Nancy Pelosi, as you may know, has announced she's going to get to the bottom of what really happened at the January 6th riot at the Capitol. But her getting to the bottom of it has created a kind of a riot of its own. I want to talk to you a little bit about the fight over the riot in a couple of minutes. But yesterday, right after I went off the air live at 9 a.m. in the morning when we originate on ACN, Fox News came out with a story that I've just got to mention to you just for a moment. They said the Biden, this was yesterday, but it was it was just like about 10 o'clock after I'd gone off the air live uh, on this program. The Biden administration's guidance for school reopening, we were talking about critical race theory, as you recall, yesterday. Um, it says the Biden administration's guidance for school reopening promoted a radical activist group's handbook that advocates for educators to disrupt, it advocates for educators to disrupt whiteness and other forms of oppression. The Department of Education linked to the Abolitionist Teaching Network Guide for Racial Justice and Abolitionist Social and Emotional Learning. The handbook is intended to help schools reopen after the COVID-19 pandemic, which they plan to do this soon, right in the end of August, 1st of September, as you know. In the handbook, it's intended to help them open after the COVID-19 pandemic, and they recommend that they should spend billions of dollars they collectively received through the American Rescue Plan. What this is, there's much more here, but what this is, I just mentioned it to you, I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the future. What this is, is 
they are now shifting because critical race theory is becoming well-known publicly because people are talking about it. I have been for a long time now, and others are talking about it, and there's a growing awareness that, hey, this is bad. This is not good for our children. It's not good for our country. It's not about, uh, it is racist. It's not about being anti-racist. It's creating an atmosphere of racism. It's, It's doing what the people that are promoting it claim to be trying to undo and take away and remove racism. It's so bizarre, it's hard to explain. So anyway, they're becoming aware that critical race theory is is just a lie and is very divisive. So now they're doing what the left always does. They're shifting from critical race theory to this new thing, and it's called the abolitionist teachers movement. And it's the same thing. And a part of the abolitionist teachers movement is teaching critical race theory. It just wears you out trying to keep up with these people. They're obsessed because they're living empty lives. There is a part of human experience that if it is not filled with the person and presence of Jesus Christ in an individual life, it is empty. And life can be terrorizing. And ambition takes over and ultimately not only destroys the individual, but it destroys that which they put their hand to. That's how destructive sin and rebellion against God can be and against his word. And that's what we're really experiencing in our culture today. This is not about a difference of political opinion. This runs much deeper than that. It is spiritual and it is satanic in many regards. And that's what we're experiencing in our culture today. Nancy Pelosi says, we just want to get to the truth. These are her words. We want to get to the truth of what really happened on January 6th at the Capitol riot. She said uh, earlier this week, she said she was asking Republican House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy to pick five Republicans to serve on the House Select Committee, which she did. But he didn't pick the right five. Now McCarthy says unless Pelosi seats all five of the Republicans he picked for the committee, none of them will participate. And Nancy says she won't do it. She's going to choose and approve of every member on that cabinet, on that committee hearing. So now McCarthy is calling for a committee to investigate Black Black Lives Matter and Antifa, who spawned all these riots all last summer and some continue to this day. How do voters feel about this? Have you ever wondered, do they stop the thing? Well, I think McCarthy has because he's really linked up and synced up with what voters are thinking. We have time today. I'll get into a little bit of that. There's a new poll out that's pretty explicit and pretty pretty reflective. I mean, it, it tells you what people are thinking, and it's not what Nancy Pelosi thinks the public is thinking. I can tell you from the way from her actions and her words. But in late June, Pelosi announced that she would be establishing this select committee. The House approved it. 
She then announced that the House Select Committee will hold its first hearing on July 27. Well, that's next week. The resolution authorized by Pelosi was she was to select eight members to serve on the committee, and McCarthy, who is the uh, leader of the minority leader, he would be Speaker of the House if the Republicans had a couple of more people in the House of Representatives, and they probably will have after the midterm. I expect that. But anyway, he's the minority leader, and uh, he was to select five, which he did. McCarthy picked Indiana Representative Jim Banks, Ohio Representative Jim Jordan, Illinois Representative Rodney Davis, North Dakota Rep uh, Kelly Armstrong, and Texas Representative Troy Nels. Well, yesterday, Pelosi released a statement. Here's what her statement said. Monday evening, I'm quoting her, Monday evening, the minority leader recommended five members to serve on the select committee. I have spoken with him this morning about the objections raised by Representatives Jim Banks and Jim Jordan and the impact their appointments may have on the integrity of the investigation. I also informed him that I was prepared to appoint Representatives Rodney Davis, Kelly Armstrong, and Troy Nels and requested he recommend two other members. And then she said this, with respect for the integrity of the investigation, with an insistence on the truth, and with concern about statements made and actions taken by these members, I must reject the recommendations of Representatives Banks and Jordan to the select committee. The unprecedented nature of January 6 demands this unprecedented decision. She's not trying to get to the truth. I mean, it's very clear. I don't even have to judge her, and I'm not judging her, but I am observing her words and deeds over a long period of time. She's afraid of the American people finding out the truth that her failed leadership and the gross mismanagement of the U.S. Capitol led to the tragic events of that day. The FBI knew well in advance that there was going to be this big rally with Trump. They knew it would be big because all of Trump's rallies are big. They knew it was going to happen there. They had been warned, and the Capitol Police had been warned, that there were that people could get out of line. Not that Trump would instruct them to do, which he did not, but that they may try to do stuff, and that the Capitol Police and all should be uh, ready to go. Nancy Pelosi knew about these warnings, and so did others in leadership. And yet they told the Capitol Police to stand down, not to bulk up their their the people on duty and so on uh, on that day. And they had there were at least six um, written uh, uh, kind of memos that went to her and others, telling them that they really should have more police, more Capitol Police on duty that day. Every time she refused that. She knows that. Now we're beginning to find out about that. She's afraid of millions of peaceful and patriotic Americans across America who are fighting for election integrity. She's afraid of that. That's what she's afraid of. She's afraid of her Republican colleagues who work every day to hold her accountable for destroying this country in the United States Congress. I mean, this woman is out of control. If if I didn't know that she was the Speaker of the House, I wouldn't believe it if somebody just told me, if you observed her for a while. I mean, she is the most hateful, most uh, divisive woman I've ever seen in leadership. Really, she is. She, on the one hand, tells the public with this pious voice, she's 
praying for President Trump and his family while she's twisting two knives in his back. And I don't say that in defense of Trump. Forget Trump. I mean, it's just the whole idea. She is so duplicitous. She makes up scripture verses over the environment. I mean, she was called out on that. And finally, she just said, well, I've been quoting it for a long time. I don't know where it is, but I know it's in the Bible. And theological scholars were standing up. This was just last year. We're standing up and saying, no, it isn't. That isn't in the Bible. Nobody's ever heard of that verse before. I mean, she it, it, she is the epitome of what happens to a person who commits themselves to relativism, to rebellion against God, even though they do what they do in the name of God sometimes, but they are without a true light and lamp of God's word in their lives. They do not have a biblical worldview. That is what we're experiencing here. So that's what she's really saying. She's not really trying to get to the truth. She's really afraid the truth will come to light and everyone will know what she already knows. House Minority Leader McCarthy said yesterday he's going to pull every Republican member from the House Select Committee, and he has. He said this January 6th riot should be investigated. I mean, he's all for that, but he says she's not going to get rid of the two guys that are most likely to ask the hard questions. And these guys have been asking the questions. They're very brilliant men, and she's afraid of them because they'll ask the questions she does not want asked, and she certainly doesn't want to see them answered. He said, unless Speaker Pelosi, McCarthy said yesterday, unless she reserve, reverses course and seats all five Republican nominees, Republicans will not be party to their sham process and will instead pursue our own investigation of the facts. As of last night, Pelosi had not conceded to seat all five Republican nominees. I don't think she really cares if there are Republicans on that committee. She will tell the press every day they will dutifully report it that um, the Republicans didn't want to know the truth. They just pulled out. But clearly, it's a sham process. You can see further the sham when you know that that she has put Adam Schiff, who had an affair, an intimate sexual affair, with a Chinese spy for more than two years, and part of the time he knew that she was a spy. And yet he's still on some of our most important Homeland Security committees. And he's a friend of Pelosi's, of course. He is beyond not being qualified, particularly to be on the on committees that have to do with our national affairs and our own security. Jamie Jamie Raskin. He was he's a I mean Jamie has never stopped asking for impeachment for Trump. And that call continues to this day. And Trump isn't even the president anymore. McCarthy's been calling for a commission to investigate violence committed by Black Lives Matter and Antifa all through through 2020, as well as the Capitol riot. 66% of voters agree with him. They want Congress to investigate the 2020 riots in major cities across the nation. Pelosi won't do it. She just won't do it because she agrees with them. Rasmussen reported yesterday the National Police Association in relationship with a couple of other um, 
polling companies. They published a report, as I said yesterday, that shows that 66% of likely U.S. voters think Congress should investigate last year's uh, protests. In those protests, 2,000 police officers suffered injuries in the line of duty. Only 21% think Congress should not investigate those riots. That shows you how much McCarthy is is in sync with just the general public, us little people out here, like you and me. 13% are unsure, but 66% of the people, this was a poll published yesterday, they think that, of course, those riots that went on and on and on, particularly in Seattle and Portland and, and other cities across the country, they want them investigated. The public. According to the study, 68 cities by major cities chiefs association in the summer of 2020 alone, there were at least 574 protests that involved acts of violence, including assaults on police officers, looting, and arson. Interestingly, I was reading that, and I wrote an article on it today, and you could get it at our website, faithandfreedom.us. I included this whole um, the whole survey, it's, it's very lengthy, but it's there. You can read it or read part of it if you'd like. But I noticed that a number of voters who want Congress to investigate last year's violent protests is higher than the 49% who say they support House Speaker Pelosi's select committee investigation of the January 6th Capitol riot. That's included in this poll. 42% say they don't support the January 6th investigation. That's 66% versus 42%. There's a great discrepancy there. I don't have time to go into all of that today, but it's interesting. It's all in this 40-page study that's linked on our website, so check it out. But 63% of voters think participants in the nationwide rioting last year and looting should be criminally charged, as were those who took part in the January 6th Capitol riot. 63% of Americans, 65% disagree with Black Lives Matter activists who claim that the U.S. flag and the pro-choice thin blue line flags are symbols of racism. 53% think Congress should award medals to the law enforcement agencies that defended their cities from violent looters and rioters. 80% 68% think that refusing to prosecute trespassing, shoplifting, disorderly conduct, disturbing the peace, receiving stolen property, breaking and entering, resisting arrest, and other quality-of-life crimes is likely to increase the commission of those kinds of crimes. And I found it interesting that 76% of voters believe young people should be taught to comply with the police rather than resist or flee arrest. And 59% of black voters agree with this. 70% of Hispanic voters agree with it. Don't believe what the left is saying. There's much more, but don't believe what the left is saying about what's going on in our culture. Nancy Pelosi is in a failing position right now. She's fighting for her political life because that's what she has. She talks about her family. She talks about her grandchildren. And I know all that's great because I have a family and grandchildren, and it's a wonderful thing. But I will tell you, the most important thing to this woman is her political career. And she's fighting for her life right now at the expense of America. But remember, God is in control. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, 
and he's in control. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for your support, Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. I'll see you right here tomorrow.